Hi everyone, I'm Ariel Powers. You might know me as a WNBA player. You also might know me as a Team Liquid content creator or as the chair of Team Liquid's Diversity and Inclusion Task Force. We're excited to bring you this episode of Voices with Team Liquid, highlighting women in the gaming industry. Today, we're pleased to introduce to you two of Team Liquid's executives. Please welcome Josie Brown and Kalila El Amin. Josie is Team Liquid's Senior Vice President of Brand, Marketing, and Content. Kalila is the Vice President of People and Culture at Team Liquid. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Yeah, really good. I'm excited to have you guys on this episode of Voices. But first, for everybody watching, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you guys do, and how you guys get started in working for Team Liquid. So, Josie, I'll let you go I'll first. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'm Josie Brown. I'm the SVP of Brand Marketing and Content here at Team Liquid. Um, I come from... Oh, I don't even want to say how long, <laughs> um, but I'm a marketer by trade. I've been in marketing and advertising for, okay, let's face it, two decades at this point. <laughs> snaps, snaps. Um, yep, I'll take it. Um, I see it as a W. Um, and yeah, I came to Team Liquid to, uh, you know, really shepherd the, the brand marketing and content teams into a new era of professionalism and craft and expertise that I realized my job was quite easy when I got here because the team is excellent. I have to say that because they're all, they're all here. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, they are wonderful. So yeah, that's my team. That's, you know, what I do for Team Liquid. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Kalila. Hi, my name is Kalila El Amin, and I'm currently the VP of People and Culture for Team Liquid. And prior to Team Liquid, I worked in a number of industries. So I've been in HR for over 20 years. Um, my background is in education, nonprofit, um, semiconductor, and most recently, the medical technology space. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy to have you. We're happy to have <laughs> yes. you. Awesome. So I want to ask you guys another question. Um, what exactly, with Team, team Liquid Branding, what about it specifically reeled you guys in? For me, uh, you know, having worked in HR for, for so long and kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do next in my career, I, you know, had an opportunity to really think about what um, type of work I wanted to do, type of organization I wanted to work for. And um, what I discovered was that the most important um, piece for me was working for an organization that was uh, vision aligned and really shared my same values. And so, um, you know, I had an opportunity to meet with a number of individuals from Team Liquid during the interview process. Josie was one of them. And um, I think more than anything, I, I realized that uh, the values and the vision wasn't just a piece of paper on, you know, the corporate website and the organization's website and, you know, sprawled all over, um, you know, Twitter. It was something that was really being lived and embodied. And if you allow me, I would love to read uh, Team Liquid's corporate, you know, vision okay. and, and values. We would love that. Okay. okay. We'd love that. Do it. We have a vision of a kinder, more respectful world where anyone can feel comfortable and validate it just by being their down-to-earth and quirky self. And uh, the three values that really resonated with me 
We're pursuing excellence. We honor and celebrate the never-ending journey and challenge of self-improvement. Integrity, we choose to do the right thing even when it, it isn't easy. And inclusivity, we commit to being a part of an equalizing force to create safer communities and humanize differences. And so for someone like me who you know, doesn't necessarily have an esports background, but was obviously joining a premier organization, a winning organization. Um, that part was easy, right? It's no question that Team Liquid's brand is, you know, phenomenal, but it was really, you know, the second part about the vision and values that connected me to, to everything that, that the organization is doing. God, it's good to hear the vision mm -hmm. again. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is on the walls and it is on the website, but to hear it, hear someone else mm -hmm. say it out loud, it kind of, oh, yeah, it gave me, the, <laughs> gave me all the warm and fuzzy, which I guess is the <laughs> point, right? Like, yes. <laughs> it's good to hear that out loud. Yeah. Thanks good. for doing that. Thanks. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And that's the reason why I wanted to be a part of TL too. And uh, it's so funny when you say inclusivity because everyone knows me as a basketball player and then esports is so different but the amazing thing about TL it all felt the same like it felt like a family it feels like I'm supposed to be here right so I love that you read those because it, it really matched with me as well what what about you Josie I know she read the the core values and it aligned with all of us but what in a different way reeled you in to TL? I've been doing advertising and marketing for a really long time and I've worked for some incredible brands along the way. And a lot, a lot of the work that I had done for the last like two decades was all geared around TV. Right, it was like TV advertising, billboards. It was very old school advertising. And honestly, the writing was on the wall <laughs> a little bit. Like nobody's really watching TV in the same way. Billboards are just an eyesore, you know, and it doesn't really connect with people. Marketing campaigns were getting more into the social space and even social media is getting a little bit messy. So for me, coming into Team Liquid, it was about connecting with an audience that's shaping culture, and doing it in a completely innovative and interesting way. And for me, I just want to be with the best. So when Team Liquid came knocking and, you know, they're the most victorious esports. I mean, if you're going to join an esports organization, you're going to shift your whole life into a completely different industry. You're going to join the best. You're not going to, there's no one else. So yeah, joining the most victorious esports company. It's a premier uh, brand. It was a no brainer. And then just the final, kind of cherry on the top was was Claire. Um, she was who I did my interviews with. Coming to work for a, a woman leader was so important to me. I just had a string of like male bosses and some of them didn't even have families. It was like so hard to connect with them in any way. So yeah, those were, it was, it was innovative. It's where I think the future is headed. It's an audience that's so motivating to me. And then I had a woman boss. I mean, it was just, it was a home run. I just want to co-sign on, on working for Claire. Yeah. Um, she was the second person I think I met during my interview process. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, one, I think we just connected really well, but to be able to work for a female boss in this, you know, industry is just not something that I think oh, we can real, find yeah. every day. So. Nothing on Steve and Victor. We still like yes. you guys Correct. too. But. Correct. <laughs> also like very impressive. Yes. But uh, yeah, Claire yeah. was the cherry on yeah. the top. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. <laughs> so we're talking about TL and branding. Why is a brand's voice important when it comes to creating content? Why do you think a brand's voice is very important? 
for me, brands are, they need to be as human as possible, mm -hmm. right? Like, even when you look at social media, right, you, the, the, the brands that are doing the best job are the ones that sound the most human, the most fallible, the most, you can connect them, you can, you can tell a real person wrote that tweet, uh, you can tell a real person is behind thinking about the marketing. So, and at the end of the day, it's about connection. And for us, I think, especially Team Liquid's brand, we're about trying to figure out how we can show the values that we have mm -hmm. in real human ways. Like, because we have to move beyond that step of writing them out and articulating them and having them on the wall, but living them. And that's in our actions and that's how we behave and how, who we are as people. So brands, at the end of the day, have to feel innately human. Mm -hmm. That's critical. Yeah. And I guess it's the, the half, the, the, the challenge and the, the fun of the job is, yeah. is seeing how we can get that right part of the time and, and be willing to get it wrong in order to do a good job. Yeah, you feel like you have to know your community a little bit, huh, as a brand? Absolutely. This is the kind of audience that is so much more complex and, and interesting than the audience that buys, um, you know, household cleaners yeah. or, or decides to buy a car. Right? Like, you, this, is, this is a really compl complex audience. There's so many things that I love about TL and... When you hit on the core values, that was one thing that drew me to TL. Uh, many people, when you know, I started preaching about how much I love esports, they didn't really know that. They knew me as Ariel Powers, the basketball player. You know, especially coming off the championship, I was starting to get into Twitch. So people were like, "Oh, she likes esports," but it was always a part of my life, right? Um, and competing is in my blood. So when I started to do more things empowering women in the space, it was strictly because that was just a passion of mine. And because I'm a WBA player, we're always compared to the men, right? Mm, and for video yeah. gaming, I was like, how are we still getting compared to men when... Oh, it's you, the burden yeah. of any successful woman, though, isn't it? It's like yes. to, to be compared to her, counter, her male yeah. counterparts. Yeah. And for me, it was very hard to, to witness because, you know, as an athlete, it's always they're bigger, they're stronger, this and that. But if you're playing a game, it's all about the skills. It's all about how much you work in practice. It's nothing physical. So the fact that I feel like females in this space was getting compared to men because they're just females, I was like, what do I do? And that's kind of where myself and Team Liquid kind of came together because this is important to them too, women in gaming, diversity. And that's when I was like, like you said, it's the winningest organization. I'm like, this goes hand in hand. Everything that I love about esports and things I want to change, why does it feel like in esports, why are we so behind in the industry when it comes to the number of women in the space? I think we haven't permitted women to play, mm -hmm. right? Like, you, if you go back a few decades, right, we never gave women permission to play anything. Mm -hmm. Sports, just play around in general, pl take risks on the schoolyard, like play games. But as a society, we've always given that permission to mm -hmm. men. So, like, that's the first reason. And then you get into this space where... It feels like oh, this is, you know, teenage boys get to the space of esports and they're like, this is something that's mine. Yeah. And they, they really, they grasp onto it and they love it. And they, I feel like sometimes they, maybe they just don't want to share it. Mm. And so it feels a little bit like there is a lot that contributes to how that emerges for the lack of representation. But it's shifting. 
you know, we're here. Yeah. 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 I'm like getting emotional. You're here. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. if we're here and and you know the we have amazing policies around like figuring out how to get more women into Team Liquid, I think the tide will eventually balance out. But truly I think it comes from not letting women take risks and, and play. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think we've been socialized to believe that you know, girls and women just shouldn't be a part of certain things, mm-hmm. unfortunately. The bad news is that it's a reality in esports. And then the more bad news is that it's a reality probably in lots of different industries. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, the WNBA versus yeah. the NBA, mm-hmm. right? How long has that taken to try to bring some parity there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then the, the triple bad news is that when you compound it with race or mm-hmm. age or anything else, there's just, you know, even more of an uphill battle. Yeah. So um, the barriers just come out of nowhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like you think you've surmounted one barrier and then the next yep. one just pops up. Yep. So it's like you, you, you get in, you get in and then you, you make your way through the corporate ladder and each, each right. rung has got a new thing you've got to overcome. Yeah. And then suddenly you get to like your mid thirties and you're choosing between like, am I going to stay home with my kids yeah. or am I going to, you know, move in, keep moving up the ladder and then you have to make another choice and another choice. And then, Suddenly you just wake up and you're tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so done. Yeah. I've, I've, I've hit my, and then, you know, you've got to pick up, you've got to pick That's yourself right. up yeah. again and like move forward one more time. So yeah. like there's, it's yep. never ending. It's yep. always yeah. something thrown in your path. That's yeah, right. I agree with that. The first thing that comes to my mind when you guys were talking is I'm going to tell you a story. When I was a young girl, I always loved basketball. Always, right? Um, I went over to my grandmother's house, and it was my great-grandmother's house. So, great-grandmother. Okay. So, just put that in your Got head, it. Mm-hmm. Yep. right? So, she's used to certain things growing up. Guys do this, girls do this, right? So, I'm like, oh, Grandma, the boys are down on the street playing basketball. You know, can I go? She's like, no, you, you can't go. And I'm like, why? My dad would let me go. She's like, no, he wouldn't. The guys are down there. Do you see any girls down there? I said, no, but I play all the time. She goes, well, call your, call your dad. I'm like, fine, I'll call my dad, right? I called my dad, and I'm like, hey, I want to go down the street and play basketball. But Grandma won't let me. Why won't she let me? See, I didn't realize that my father had been more of an ally, right? He knew he would take me to God, the course with guys. He would teach me how to play, all that, right? So when it came down to this situation where I'm calling my, my, my dad, he's like, I'll explain to you later why she might feel this way. Just have your older cousin go down the street with you. So my older cousin went down the street with me. And it was crazy because the more and more I started to play and the better I got, I'm getting emotional, I'm sorry. My grandmother came to me one day, she sat me down and she said, sorry. And the reason she said sorry is something that you said that that wasn't presented to her at that time. So she didn't know any better. And she didn't have those opportunities to play. And she only knew one way, right? So it's crazy. So the more opportunities that these young girls have, the more things you're going to see us doing. But it's so crazy because what you guys are saying is what I went through at that time. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, that was one of your first barriers. Yeah. Exactly. And now look at me as a WNBA player. But what if my parents thought that way? I wouldn't be where I am today. 
So opportunities are important, and, and, and sharing these stories are important because you never know who's watching these that are like... I guess it's good because then you think about like, okay, there are so many barriers, but along the way you have to take all of the opportunities that uh, decrease the friction for you to, yeah. to your success yeah. as well. And those can come in different formats. Like mm -hmm. They can be a phone call to your dad as much as they can be meeting another woman along the way who can cut you a break or someone, another ally who, who just gets it a little yeah. bit better. And you have to seize those moments when they come to you mm -hmm. because if you, cause sometimes you look back and you're like, that was an opportunity, I didn't take it. Yeah. That that's that is the hardest thing to reconcile. Yeah. Like over the years, when you look back, and yeah. you know, the more years I go forward, the more <laughs> years I have to look back on. It is that is constantly like something I I reevaluate and think along the lines of, what am I, as I pro, like progress? Yes. Am I leaving a path behind me for someone else mm -hmm. to come with? Because mm -hmm. it's it is a drag and lonely and boring to be at the top of an orga organization alone as a woman, yeah. right? It, like the more you have together, the better ultimately it, it will be because, you know, it is, yeah, yeah. a drag, boring. And when lonely. one wins, <laughs> we all win, yeah. right? you know, pulling each other up and making yeah. sure we have each other's backs. And, and I mean, I think you touched on what's so important is that in order for us to break these barriers, we do need allies, yes. right? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's difficult for women to you know, break barriers around gender discrimination mm -hmm. or for people of color to be responsible for, you know, fixing um, racial discrimination. Um, we, we have to rely on the men in our industry and the men who work with us and um, other allies, um, you know, like your cousin that had to take you down there yeah. to, um, <laughs> to, to help us, you know, break some of these barriers and, and let the world know that, you know, there is a need uh, for, a lot of this change so we you know we can't be responsible for doing it ourselves yeah exactly how does team liquid foster a safe and empowering environment for its staff so that women may thrive here i started by saying that what really drew me to team liquid were our our values and um to me that is what drives every decision you know, that we make it Team Liquid and is that we're committed to the values that are on the wall. And what I mean by that is that um, it's embedded, it, you know, it, it's not just one thing here, one thing there, but it's embedded in, you know, all of the decisions that we make. And so when we are, you know, looking at recruitment and hiring or talent to work with or which strategic partnerships to engage in, um, we we go back to the values and the vision that drive us. And so that's, you know, kind of the, the foundation of how we make decisions. I am by no means saying that we are perfect. I think, you know, when, when you are trying to get over this hurdle of, um, you know, creating more inclusive spaces, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of commitment, and you, you know, take two steps forward and, <laughs> you know, a couple steps back. Um, but it took, it took esports, you know, as an industry a long time, you know, to be this way. And so it's going to take, you know, a long time for us to correct, you know, what, what, um, what we've gotten ourselves into. But you have to have organizations like Team Liquid um, committed to, you know, being at the forefront of making these changes. And 
I wholeheartedly believe that that's, you know, what we're doing. And this podcast is an example of that, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I think um, pay equity is like the one of the top things that I think about, like a lot. Um, making sure that the women in my in my team are being paid equally as, as well um, as the men, right? Like that's, the, a, you know, a big example of, of how the actions that we take like live up to the values that we believe in. You know, I certainly hope that the people on, on my team can, you know, see the links that we go to to sort of make sure that those are equitable and, you know, inclusive as often as, as, as we can, yeah. The esports industry is facing challenges around toxicity. How does a workplace protect against toxic behaviors or habits? Oh, that is like a lead by example <laughs> scenario, right? Like it, I, one of the things that I am fasc both fascinated and shocked by with the esports community is how easily it will allow itself to be corrupted. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, 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 the sort of terrible things that people will say on streams and leave comments on and just like, it's like, and I mean, it's just social media in general that I'm always a little bit like bewildered by what someone will say, even though their photo and their name is next to that nasty comment. So, you know, there's a little bit of that that has is happening that's coming in externally into the organisation, right? So I'm finding that some of our staff and some of our talent, some of our creators are negatively, really negatively impacted by that disproportionate amount of toxicity that comes from external forces into their worlds through the opportunities that we present them. Mm -hmm. So like we'll put them in a stream, we'll ask them to talk about things, we'll put this podcast out there. And it's amazing to me how like idiotic some of the people mm -hmm. are prepared to, to sound just to, to say something negative and so you have to rise above that and so for me it's kind of like do it anyway be brave be bold because that is I think the only way to keep striving through otherwise the trolls win like mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. negative wins and nobody wants that so it's to, and it's easy to succumb to 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 feeling like it's gonna it's gonna beat you so that is something that I just I hope at least I can do which is just to be as badass as possible <laughs> and to not give a shit right yeah. like just go for it mm -hmm. like who cares yeah. at the end of the day so I that's what I hope for is just to just to lead by example and and to go forth as optimistically and as as boldly as I can and you know my wish is that they see me do it and they go for it as well yeah I agree I mean like you said it not only in esports but anything socially it's like the comments you get, mm -hmm. the DMs you get. For me, mm -hmm. it's like the DMs too, not only comments. People will go in your DMs as, as if they actually know you and say crazy things, let alone being a woman in esports. You know, the things that are said during the game is it's crazy. Totally agree with everything both of you just said. I think um, it's really important for us to uh define toxicity and call it out and say what it is um, because, you know, I hear a lot of, um, a lot of people who defend toxic behavior um, suggest that it is just them being passionate or them um, being demanding or them, you know, working really hard. And there is a difference between 
kind of demanding and demeaning. And um, when we when we think about you know toxic beha- behavior, um, we have to we have to call it out. We have to know what it is, and we have to make sure that we all agree on what it is so that we can do something about it. And so we are not talking about you know someone working hard on a on a project and possibly working you know a few no. late nights and things oh, like no, that that's not right even it. that's not yeah. it we are talking about people you know throwing things like unethic- physically yes. throwing things across that's rooms right. right like i've been yes. in like, spaces like that where i've had things thrown at me people standing on desks yeah what um, fingers in my face yeah. like and it's 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 not other women that are doing this yeah. right you know you're dealing with yes. like the kind of toxic masculinity that you're like I didn't even know this was still yeah. a thing I thought we cancelled that shit yeah. like yeah. Yeah. in your face is crazy yeah yeah, yeah. so I mean, there's it's th- there is unethical behavior and we all know what that is we yeah. all know what narcissism looks like what um you know someone with low integrity yelling and abusive and you know sometimes even if you can't verbally identify it sometimes we we Feel, feel it, it first, yeah. you know, in yeah. your gut. And, um, I mean, y- you have to be able to acknowledge it before you are ready to do something about it. And so we, we have to identify it first. Yeah. And I think people are, I mean, I'm just going to say, I think there are a lot of personalities in the esports space that are getting called out for it. You know, yeah. the, the tolerance is diminishing day by day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's this this sense that, hey, we all deserve better mm-hmm. we deserve better leaders we deserve better spaces and if we can craft that together then we'll get we'll get to that space but i mean honestly it's if if you as long as your ceo is not partying with andrew tay at the club we're you know we're good <laughs> just uh-huh. like that was a mm, my yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying what we all think is mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah Drop the mic. <laughs> you all okay. know what I was thinking. <laughs> okay, why might some companies struggle prioritizing mental health? And I think that's important, you know, in anything you do, whether it's sports, esports, um, mental health is very, you know, ext- extremely important. So, uh, why might some companies struggle with prioritizing it? So, about two years ago, it was right in the middle of COVID. Um, you know, HR has probably been one of the most difficult kind of fields to work in during COVID. I mean, obviously the medical industry and and teaching, of course, but HR too. And, um, you know, there was no roadmap for, you know, how to navigate this this workspace that looked different suddenly. Um, Employees who were sick, whose family members were sick, at that time, we had a lot of employees who had family members who were passing away. Uh, we had two employees pass away where I was working. It was it was a really difficult period. And um, HR became, you know, the the space for for and the outlet for for many employees. And there's no HR for HR, right? Right. Where, right. where, where does HR go? <laughs> right, right. Right. That's true. And so It should be. That's that seems like a business idea. Listen, like <laughs> but getting to mental health, you don't always know what you're carrying, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know the weight that. Mm-hmm. And so um I would just have my regular physical. I went into my doctor and um 
my doctor was like, hey, how are, how are you doing? Right. You know, HR must be tough right now. Right. And, you know, without going into detail, I literally had a mental health breakdown yeah. and anxiety attack. Yeah. And I don't want to cry, Era, but yeah. like literally in my doctor's office that day. Yeah. And um, w- what I'm really trying to get at is that no one at work knew knew that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I haven't really, I haven't shared this, this right. story even with many people. Um, and so you're, you're just going along, being a responsible human being, showing up to work every day. Our players are showing up to their mm-hmm. games every day. You're showing up to the basketball court every day. And you look like everything is fine, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you got a family. Mm-hmm. You've got a career. Mm-hmm. You feel extremely blessed and grateful. You don't want to make it look like, you know, you don't have it together. Right. And so this is why, you know... Um, when you talk about mental health and all the different uh, kind of disorders that are attached to it, like depression and anxiety and sleep deprivation, you just don't always know. And so I say all that to say that um, we all have a responsibility to pay attention, right? So my doctor was in a position where she's probably ethically obligated to do something for me in that moment. But... um, as managers, we have to pay attention to our our team and our employees. As coworkers, we need to pay attention to our you know our colleagues. Um, when we're just in spaces like this, you know, and I hear somebody share a story, you know, I have to pay attention. And in a week, you know, maybe reach out. So it's I think we all have a responsibility. It's not one person or one team or one manager. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm glad you shared that. One of the things that I noticed during pandemic is that I'm I'm like a camera on person, mm-hmm. which is probably exhausting for my teams because they're like, there she goes again with a camera on, <laughs> God. Um, and it's because I want to give as many non-verbal cues as I can because a lot of my expressions like reveal also what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I want there to be as many cues into that as possible. But I, And I also appreciate that about my team yeah. members. I want to be able to read the things that they think they're hiding from me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I I want to listen with all of my faculty. Yeah. I want to listen with my eyes and my ears and kind of really tune in to like what's going on because you don't know what's mm-hmm. going on with someone's life, yeah. right? Like I've had, I've had a previous employee spend a whole day, you know, as, as normal at work at the end of the day, sent me a message just saying, I, you know, I, this is at a previous workplace saying, uh, um, I don't know if I can come to work tomorrow. I found out last night my my dad passed away, mm. and I was like, "What did you? Why did you come to work?" To work? And and she was just like, "I I just didn't know how mm-hmm. to tell anybody or what to do." And my first meeting happened, and then I was in back to backs, and mm. I didn't want to just bail, mm-hmm. so I just saw out the day, and I was just like, "Oh, oh my God!" Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm. S- that we need to figure out how to get people to like you know bail out of meetings easily yeah. when something massive. or feel comfortable enough yeah. to share. But so. you just never you never know yeah. like what's what's going on in someone's life if they're going through a divorce if they're having bereavement if they're having um, anxiety problems if they're um, you know actually genuinely stuck struggling with their focus yeah. like these are all things that we have to have a really empathetic 
mindset to yeah. and you 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 do your listening with all of all of you and sometimes now in a remote setting it's much harder to yeah. tune into someone as yeah. it would be yeah. when you see their energy walking past your desk yeah. you know like when some so one, when, when if you're the kind of person who brings a lot of yourself into your um job and I'm one of those people I'm just like I always bring my most authentic, raw self into every situation. And um, that often will allow people to understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. And I I really want that from other people. So I can see, oh, I can see someone's not bringing their mm. full self today. Something's up. Yeah. Let's see if it happens tomorrow. Yeah. And if it happens again the next day, then, you know, I tune in. So... At this pl at this time of of working remotely, it is hard for companies yeah. to like be able to prioritize mental health in a meaningful way. Is yeah. because it's hard for people to connect in meaningful ways, mm -hmm. and so those are the like fundamentals. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I I think that's one of the things that we should just be really tuned into each other yeah. for and be as patient as we can because yeah. we're not out of the woods yet no. like <laughs> it's we just went through a deadly virus pandemic mm -hmm. around the world and mm -hmm. we're we're all you know just trying to get back to to life yeah, yeah. catching up on years of mm -hmm. disruption yeah yeah, I agree with you. You know, during that time when you were speaking about what you went through was the time of the bubble for us, you yeah, know, when right, we were kind of right. we were kind of struggling, um, you know, because we were we were in Florida and we were we could not go out of this what I would call a bubble. Right. Mm -hmm. If you went out, you were putting everybody else to at risk for COVID. Mm -hmm. So we literally had a few things. We had um, the pool. Everybody had the mm -hmm. pool. But then you just. You just had each other, really, in uh, one room and the games to look forward to and the other games to watch, you know. So uh, mental health was a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was crazy, but you never know what people mm -hmm. are really going through, even though we've seen a lot of these people every day. Mm -hmm. So like you said, being tuned in and being dialed in was very important. There is so much we can do as women. We just have to keep talking about what we're facing, what we can see, and keep on discussing these, you know, the, the challenges that we face in really um, clear language that everyone can kind of understand and kind of relate to because otherwise it starts to feel like it's just a woman problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As soon as your female counterparts or your women peers or people on your, women on your team feel like they can't put their best self forward into the, into the job that they're in, everyone's efforts have to it will come down right like and so it is when you are encouraging women to be as honest as they can in the spaces that they can to you know talk about the challenges they're facing everyone can start to solve against and then everybody like moves forward and, and gets a better job done so but that is so hard it is so hard because it first takes that acknowledgement of I have to tell you I'm facing something mm -hmm. and you might not understand it. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, yeah. God, it's even such a hard thing to even say out loud. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys for coming through. Have we been a total bummer? <laughs> no. Like, I can't wait, work it wait, out. I'm no, like, wait, should we what? end on an optimistic note of no, like, no, being a woman is awesome? Yes. I wouldn't want to be anything else. <laughs>
by the way. <laughs> this is real. These are real life discussions. Yeah. And like we mentioned earlier, I feel like these are things we should talk about, you know? And the, the podcast was great. You guys did amazing. You guys are, like I said, badass women. And I appreciate you guys for coming on Voices, honestly. Thank you. It was fun to do. Can it. I call you AP now? You can call me okay. AP. Right. Yeah. Are we at the AP now? Yes. Yeah, we're, oh we're there. We're there. We're there. We spent like so much time together. I got to know you guys even more. Like, yeah, AP. All right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank cool. you. Cool. Thank cool. you. Cool. Cool. Mm. Mm.